Breaking, 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 breaking. The imposter. The imposter. Imposter. Breaking the imposter. Welcome, everybody. This is Jermaine Ward of the Breaking the Imposter podcast. Today, I have Mark Ward with me. He's my cousin. He's an older cousin, and he recently just moved over to New York in pursuing his dreams with the guarantors as a software developer. I'd like you to introduce yourself and let everybody know something outside of that, Mark. Yeah. Hey, this is Mark Ward. Guess a bit of background on me. Um, I have a pretty deep computer science background. It's always been an issue and in trying to align myself with the technologies and just the type of role that I see myself in long term. About a year ago, I, I took a step in the direction of that journey, using preparing myself for the, the interviews to come and ended up landing a job in, in New York that was more aligned with what I want to do. So yeah, here I am on that journey. Okay. So I lost you there for just a just a moment. What led you to want to move to New York. If I missed that, if you said that in the segment. Yeah, so it was really about targeting. It was, it was twofold. Um, it was targeting cities that I really felt like I, I vibed well with and I connected with. It's, it's really important that I can connect to the city and community wherever I live. And obviously, importantly, is, is looking at cities that provide the type of, type of opportunities that I was looking for. And those two cities were San Francisco, for obvious reasons, and, and also New York. And really just about finding places that I could really see myself being in for a long term and being able to grow grow my career. And then, yeah, I was interviewing in both of those cities. Uh, I almost you know, landed a, a position in San Francisco. It didn't work out. I made it to the final round, but didn't work out. Um, ended up in parallel, was interviewing with a company in, in New York, and that ended up working out really well. And they really sold the position, and it really felt like a, it was an opportunity that I, that I couldn't pass up. Awesome. So like for, for more like a detailed approach of like, how did you, how did you set the boundaries or like the standard for, for yourself or for these companies in these cities for you to know that they align with you? Cause I know a big issue a lot of people have is figuring out those, that like base starting point within themselves of how they measure against these other things. So how did you determine that for yourself? Right. So but before you even think about, you know, what type of job or what type of technologies you want to be working with, the more technical details, you really have to have that conversation with yourself and and really understand what your values are. What are the things that you value in a company? Essentially, if you ran a company, like what would be the things that would be important to you and, and that you would try to um, set as your drivers? Um, and for me personally, it, it was the technologies that I would be working with, but it was also the type of opportunity an opportunity where it's a company on the rise, a company looking to make a new shift in a different direction, uh, just a company that would be willing to take certain risk and, and really give you an opportunity to not only be part of a team, but also, you know, make a great product and, and learn along the way. Right. So coming from Toronto and, you know, even with these companies on the outside, they may show like um, those traits that you're looking for. How did you make that decision within yourself to go from being comfortable where you were at in Toronto to seeking something more for yourself, even though you were at a good place where you were at? Yeah, and I guess that's just something I've always done. Um, I've been allergic allergic to comfort, I guess I can put it, where it's every couple of years I always try to reevaluate what my career goals are, um, if I'm happy, if I could see myself you know, within the given company for the next five plus years. 
And really, like, would I want the job of my superior? And if I can't really answer those questions or if I can't, those questions don't really, those answers don't really align with the things that I want, then I try to evaluate, okay, so what, what do I need to do to make a change um, and take on a new challenge? And that's just something that's always been a part of me, really, is taking on new challenges and, and not allowing myself to, to be comfortable. It's funny that you say that where you always want to have those new challenges and, and keep yourself like on your toes. But is there ever moments within that where you feel that it's not right for you or that, that you should stay where you're at because the unknown is too big of a gap? Like, how do you gauge that and measure that? Yeah, and I, and I guess it's something at a very young age, I was kind of thrown in to having to adjust to, to those type of opportunities. And in some cases where it wasn't even my decision, um, I guess, you know, I, I moved to from Toronto to Miami at a very young age. Um, I also moved away from home for university. So I, I think growing up, I've always been put in, in a position where if I had the choice, I might have stayed, right? Like if I had the choice to stay in Toronto at, at 10, 11 years old, I would have stayed because I had family and, and I had my life there. But what those situations and opportunities turned into was just being comfortable with the unknown. And I think that's the hardest thing for, for a lot of people is risking everything that they have now and, and the potential of losing that and not knowing what's on the other side of on whatever journey they take. So for me, it's just really my upbringing and, and the experiences I had growing up kind of you know, prepared me to, to grow up and to take on challenges and, and not be afraid of you know, what's on the other side of whatever journey you're on. Awesome. And I know when you're, when you're looking at those new journeys and opportunities for myself, those like make me doubt that it should be, that should be something to go through. Like, how do you handle those feelings of when you feel that I'm not, I'm not supposed to be doing this? Cause like, or when the fear sets in of those new changes, cause I don't imagine that you're a hundred percent all the time. Like, yeah, let's just go do a new thing every day. Let's live YOLO. Cause that's not a reasonable way to live. So how do you really manage the emotions when it comes to these transitions and and like redirecting your life with all these constant changes? Right. And and I think that's something I've always kind of been in tune with. I think at a young age or even at any age, um, we're kind of taught that there are exceptional people in this world and that's why they are who they are. There's this extremely talented athletes, entertainers, whatever extremely smart people that are creating these great systems and apps for us. But really what it comes down to is, is how hard are you willing to work towards getting to your goal? And I think I've always, I kind of came into that knowledge, you know, as I got older and just being able to understand and, and allow yourself to process those emotions and not allow them to, to kind of get in the way of, of what you want to do. And, it's, and I guess that's the toughest part is being able to do distinguish, okay, these are the feelings that I'm having and being able to process those things. And you know, that's what holds a lot of people back, right? And it's it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort to be able to separate, okay, these are the feelings I have, but this is what I want to do. And not allowing those feelings or, or your perception of, of what it takes to get there um, hold you back. Essentially getting out of your own way, right? Yeah. And that's, and that's like really important in terms of like this podcast and what it's trying to enlighten and trying to bring to the forefront. And you made a very interesting point about like looking at other people and how they do it. 
a lot of the times I know that if I spend most of my time looking at somebody else's achievement of the goal I'm going for versus the goal of myself, where I'm trying to set up and set that standard for myself to move forward, that becomes a lot harder for me to convince myself to to move towards and move forward. Right. And, and that's a great point in that. So there's a difference between I mentioned athletes and entertainers where we're watching from you know, from the crowd, right? We're watching from the stands and we're saying, oh man, their life must have been so perfect or their lives are so perfect currently because you know, they have a certain amount of success. But I think when you're closer to success, when you're closer to people who are actually achieving real things on any level, right? Um, I think that helps normalize the entire process. It helps normalize and, and really makes people feel that, wait, I can actually do this. Um, and I think that's an important thing is just really the exposure to success and success stories. And you know, that's, that's what's great about this podcast is that it's, it's an attempt to kind of normalize success in a way and um, allow people to see that, you know, it's really just about the things that they can control for the most part. How would you look at it from the point of like a situation where you haven't had control with the nodes of emotions and like kind of brought yourself back to like, hey, this is my goal as Mark Ward, not as Mark Ward looking at celebrity culture, athlete, athletic culture, because I know you played football before and I know there's like moments where it's, it, you just can't help comparing yourself with to somebody else. So how do you kind of rebalance yourself or reground yourself into what you have to do and what you know you want to do? Right. And that kind of goes back to the whole perception versus reality. You know, we could all perceive certain paths to be one way or certain life stories to be a certain way. But the reality is that we all go through ups and downs and we're, we're always going to be tested at some point in our journey. Um, that's just something I truly believe in and, and I've always tried to be mindful of. And of course, like we always have those moments where we don't feel like we belong, you know, whether it's you didn't do too well on an exam or maybe you had a bad week at work where you didn't get, you know, the items that you want to get done, um, whatever it is, both personal and, and career or within school, um, there are those ups and downs. And I think I've always just tried to be mindful of those things and to understand that just because you have a bad week doesn't mean you're bad or that you're bad at what you're doing. It's you got to be mindful that, you know, it's, it's learning experiences. Every bad situation is an, is a, is an opportunity to learn. And as cliche, cliche as that sounds, it's, it's the people that take advantage of those moments versus let them let it get them down is, are the people that are super successful and, and good at what they do. Yeah. And it's, it's just like really, really taking that time to reassess why it went wrong, not why I'm wrong. Right. It, it's, it's super, you have to really make objectivize it and, and take the subjectivity out of it. Because subjectively, you can say, okay, well, this is what was wrong and, and you know, create this whole narrative that you're, you're not good enough. But objectively, you can say, well, these are the things that I actually, these are the actionable things that I did to put myself in this situation. And here are the things that I have control of. And these are the things that I need to improve or, or work on. Yeah. I think having that conversation with yourself, it, it takes a lot because it, it means that you're taking ownership of your life. And that could be very scary for a lot of people. Um, because it's really on you. But then there's a positive of it where it's like, okay, well, if I do get my things, my stuff together, um, then I can have great benefits as well. So it's, it plays both ways. And I know that's a very scary place for a lot of people to be because you really have to have some deep conversations with yourself to, to get through that. 
Yeah. And I know, like, for example, what's happening in like America, there's something, there's certain things that makes me like a little bit of um, worried for the young black youth that are coming up and growing up because so many times they're being told to rely on somebody else to take care of their situations versus themselves taking back their ownership and their agency for themselves and what they could have done to prevent it what they can to do do in the future to prevent it and that's that's like something that i find very scary when you when people are telling you to rest your power that you own that everybody has in their hands like they can take care of your life and lead you to a better path in life better than you can construct your own good life right and and, and that's a huge part of it and it's that's part of the complexities of, of anywhere um where there's a, a disadvantaged group is sure it's easy to say that okay this group of people or that group of people should just feel like they can do it because it's up to them and it probably is for the most part but you know once you get into the the psychology and, and the emotions involved um and getting to that point, it, it requires a lot of support. Um, it requires a, a lot of love and, and people around you that are, are facilitating these uh, these things, right? That's that's one very interesting point. And I'm just curious as to, like, because you, you obviously at a young age have been able to ground yourself and and bring yourself back. But if there's no support group within your own field, like, what type of avenue, if I was a young black kid growing up in America right now, would I be able to like leverage? Where would I be able to get that leverage to start thinking a little bit differently and start taking back that ownership from all those years of being broken down mentally, say, for example? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great question. And that's why um, community centers and, and different programs that involve mentorship are, are really important. Um, you know, outside of having a family that was loving and supportive, I think it doesn't have to be a blood relation, but it has to be. There has to be somebody in place that's willing to be your champion and, and really back you up and, and try to build you up. Um, whether it's a, a coach, whether it's a teacher, you know, all these different people in in, in a kid's life is, is super important in, in playing that role of being a parent in, in those ways and just helping them grow. And that's why sports are so prevalent in these neighborhoods too. A, a part of an opportunity to to get you out of you know your situation. It's a lot of these coaches are father figures, right? And, and that's the role that they play, and then and the burden they have to pick up because of, of different situations for sure. Yeah, I can understand that. I can understand that as a concept. I know, like I was born to two parents, and I still have both parents that are together now, but. It was like something weird. Like I never had a coach growing up until I met my karate teacher when I was 18. And that's when I was able to grow more in like the healthy lifestyle and the physical activity and things like that. So it's amazing how just like one small person, if you find and you connect with them and they're, they're willing to go through that struggle as you're growing yourself, that can make the whole world a difference than just trying to go at it alone. Right. And then that's just a part of you know, stepping into the psychology of, of you know this topic. It's really important to have someone just to show you your worth sometimes and engagement and, and being patient with someone. It's, it goes a long way in helping you feel like you're worth something. So. 
Yeah. And did you have like who who was a big motivator in your life to help you to help you get over those things like either through school or through adulthood, childhood, like helped you rebalance yourself and reach those heights? Yeah, definitely. My parents um, were always supportive. Um, once they realized how hard I was working, how determined I was to do it. I mean, they couldn't help me. Um, directly with school with the university because neither of them had had finished university at that point or so from that aspect it was you no know, there's a lot of learning on my own but just having that support and having people to you know have your back in certain situations is really important and even like you mentioned I played football and I think the mentality there's a lot of I guess negativity around some of the the, the ways that kids are coached and just around football in general from a physical standpoint but it's really an opportunity to to have someone in your corner and, and really push you um, further than you feel like you can go. Um, so definitely had coaches coming up in high school that really allowed me to to appreciate and, and value hard work and determination and, and not making excuses. So, and those are all things that that kind of come as part of the journey as well. Now, when things aren't going your way, you, you know you don't want to make excuses or say this this is why I'm not able to do it. It's you want to be able to object, objectively look at yourself and say, okay, well, these are the things that I need to improve and just take ownership, really. And that's what it comes down to is taking ownership of your life. And, you know, you don't know where things are going to land. I, I didn't do things knowing that I was going to be where I am today. But it's really got to do your part and do your due diligence and, and put in the work to to get you where you want to go. Yeah, so it's like setting up a goal for yourself, putting a direction for yourself, and the mentor will help you go through those barriers that may have stopped you before. So if you had, if you had like been like, Oh, I've never, I've never worked out before. I never put on any weight. I never did anything like this. And that's how your whole life was. They're there to help you be like, Hey, look, I've seen worse, right? You're not that bad. You just haven't been there yet. And they help you get through that, that own personal mental hurdle that you put with yourself because a lot of these things, a lot of situations that happen in life, they could cause us to put up these barriers for ourselves. that somebody else has to come and break down and help us chip away as we're coming out to be who we really are. Right. And, and a lot of what you said is basically what this podcast is about. It's about normalizing the journey, um, the difficulties, because it is going to be difficult. Anything worth doing or having is going to be difficult in, in one way or another. Um, and that's, you know, what a mentor, that's what being exposed to these different, um, types of people or industries helps you do is it helps you normalize instead of being this huge monster that you, you feel like you can't take on by yourself. Um, once you see that people, um, have actually gone through the, you know, the journey of, you know, gaining their successes and understanding those in a more intimate way. Um, then you realize that it was a lot of things that they can control and things that you can do in your own life too. Yeah. So let's look in, let's look into top it off or coming closer to the more closing parts. And these are like some questions that I really want to know just to have a better understanding of like, you know, where you're at here now, but knowing where you came from and where you are going in the future from here on out. So first question is like, what do you currently have in the backlog of your life that you been saying you wanted to do, you've been needing to do, but you haven't gotten to it yet. And why? Yeah, so that's a great one. Um, 
uh, something that I'm really passionate about, like outside of hobbies and you know different things, different outlets. Um, one thing I'm really passionate about is working with kids and, and being a mentor to different kids and, and hosting workshops surrounding STEM, um, science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, and kind of being that for them and giving them opportunities to think in ways or do things that they wouldn't normally do in, in their normal life, whether it's, you know, building a small app or doing different exercises to help them problem solve in different ways. Um, that's something I really want to do. And then one of the reasons why, you know, I, I feel like Brooklyn, living in Brooklyn now, it's, it's a huge opportunity because there's, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of schools that could really make use of programs like that. And a uh, big step for me, I guess, and the reason why I haven't gotten into it yet is that I just moved here a couple, it's just, I don't think it has, hasn't been two months yet. Um, but as I settle, as I settle in and, and just kind of get my own life together out here in a new city, that, that's something I really want to do is, is reach out to educators and just kind of have a good understanding of where the funding is, where the gaps are um, in curriculums and, and what opportunities are there out there for, for kids to learn about coding or learn about different STEM topics and just engaging them and exposing them to different things. And um, I think that alone will, will help them feel confident in themselves if, if they like one of these, these topics or industries and just give them an opportunity to do things outside of the normal school structure and home structure, um, give them projects and give them opportunities to, to build cool things and then learn new things. So that's, it's always a good thing, no matter if they want to stay in STEM or do anything else with their lives. I think that's a, mm -hmm. a huge thing. Yeah. That's really good. Cause that's something that I know, even in Toronto on the back end of it, you were kind of picking up some momentum in doing that. And then you moved away. So that's really great that that's something that's still with it that got put back into your backlog because it can't be something done right now. And just over the next upcoming months, you're going to just move closer towards it. So next question I have for you is like, who has been your biggest cheerleader for your success? I know you talked about people that helped motivate it and helped support you, but who was like the biggest cheerleader out of everybody that you, that you have in your life? Um, I'd have to say it's probably my mother. Um, I guess you could just say my parents in, in general. Um, once I hit se 17, 18, it was really, I had this really maniacal focus on what I needed to do. Like when most kids were you know, out partying and drinking and, and kind of ex having those type of experiences, um, I was really focused and I started off at a small college in Miami and I was really focused and doing well there and letting that be a launching pad into not only my school career, but then my, my professional career as well. Um, so they really had no idea about computer science. I didn't really have anybody in my life that really knew much about it, but they just saw that fire in me and, and they really supported me wholeheartedly. Even when I moved away to Seattle from Miami, when I moved back to Toronto, now that I'm out here in New York, um, I think as parents and, and you know how our parents are, they, they don't want to see us go. So I know it's, it wasn't, it's never easy for them. But they always had my back and they always supported me in, in whatever decision I made. And to have people in your corner, um, to have that unwavering belief in you, it, you know, it says a lot and it does a lot for your, for your confidence, for sure. Awesome. What's the best advice that you've ever received? Best advice? Um, that's a good one. I'd say the, the best advice would be, it's a really small quote, but um, just make it about the work. There's a lot of narratives that we hold in our head and 
that prevents us from doing certain things and, and achieving certain things and just trying new things. Um, but if you make it about the work, if you make your journey about what needs to be done, then it kind of normalizes the situation and, and it gives you ownership and the power to, to actually achieve those things. So make it less about the narrative that we create, uh, although it's a lot more romantic to, to view things in a certain way and view that the, the world's against you. But um, yeah, just make it about the work and, and really try to simplify the things that you need to do to achieve whatever you, you're aiming to do. Awesome. That's really good. Just, and that's, and that's like another thing where it's like even going through the podcast myself and starting the podcast, it's like, it's about just doing the podcast work. It's not about how I feel. It's not how about where I'm going or what I want to do. It's about like, okay, this has to be done. What do I do from here? That's right. awesome. And, and it's, and it's, and, and it's not to say that you're not going to have emotions, right? Like you, you need to give yourself space to process more things and making it all about the work. Like we're human beings and we're, you know, we're highly driven by emotions. So I guess it's about being, knowing when to separate the two and, and giving yourself the time and space to, to process your feelings and then ultimately make action on those feelings. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, what's one book that you would recommend? A uh, book, one of my favorite books that I tend to read every three to five years is The Alchemist. Um, it's, it, it explains a lot of what we've discussed today in, in a much more romantic and um, illustrative way for sure about going after your personal legend and there's a lot of really useful information in there um, just about how to tackle your own struggles and to you know not to give up in in times where where it seems like it's you know you're not going to achieve what you what you set out to do so that's definitely a book that I not only to read but to, to kind of come back to every few years and to see how it's helped you and just to, to align it within your life, your current place in life. It's a very good book. I've gotten to just the end and I never finish it, but I'll probably go and pick it back up like right after the podcast. Just to close it off here, um, what's some parting advice that you could give to the audience and to the listeners and where would they be able to best reach you? Yeah, I guess my advice is um, just to really First of all, understand what it is that you value in life and, and try to align yourself with things that are going to be fulfilling to you. Um, it's not necessarily, necessarily about money. It's not about you know, all these different tangible things. It's a lot about what type of impact do you want to leave on in the world. And I think it's really be beneficial to say, okay, when I'm, when I'm gone from this world, what, what is the impact that I want to leave? And thinking about that, that'll help, kind of help you realize what it is that you'll be effective at, most importantly, and then the things that will help sustain that fulfillment and sustain that drive within you. Uh, and you can reach me. I'm on Twitter at Mark, M-A-R-C-I-J, Ward, W-A-R-D. Yeah, you reach out to me there and I'm, I'm always open to having any type of discussion around these topics with, with anyone who has any questions or wants to talk about um, anything that we've kind of discussed discuss on the podcast. Awesome. And it's always important in my mind to keep the dialogue going and just getting more people talking and realizing that we all go through this experience together. So there's no reason that we can't confide in each other and share with each other to get over these barriers that are put on ourselves mentally, either externally or internally. Mark, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for having me. And Good luck on the rest of your podcast.